Hi, I'm Peta Barrett. I am the owner and founder of Women's Wilderness Discovery in Ely, Minnesota. I outfit and guide trips year-round in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. And in the summer months, when I'm taking out canoe groups, the only canoe that I have in my fleet is the North Star uh, North Wind 17s and 18s. They are my go-to. I stock no other brand. And there's a really good reason for that. Number one, they're beautiful boats, but they track well, they maneuver beautifully, and what I love the best is I always have the safety of my clients in mind. So if you are out, and inevitably at some point, you will get into some bad weather, and we get some pretty high winds, and that second part of the stability, uh, when you get into wind with a North Star canoe, they become even more stable. The design of it has a very rounded chine, and it can take those wind and waves much easier. You can drop to your knees and paddle that canoe in a high wind and get, you know, get to your campsite. So I have never been in a situation in wind and waves in the Boundary Waters where I felt my group was unsafe. And that's what, I mean, I take out a lot of novice paddlers. And so um, whether you're a very skilled canoeist or you're a newbie, this is the best canoe on the water and it's made right here in Minnesota and the customer service is second to none. I'm proud to support North Star Canoes and this podcast. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome to episode 51 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm sitting in the passenger seat with none other than Joe Fredericks. I'm here with Matthew Baxley. I have both hands on the wheel, eyes straight ahead, <laughs> seatbelt on, driving on the speed limit. <laughs> you are doing a great job driving, <laughs> piloting this uh, bullet through the woods right now. Right. Uh, tell us, uh, set the scene for us here, Joe. We're going up the Echo Trail. We had some pretty significant rain the whole drive over. Uh, from Grand Marais in the North Shore this morning on Highway 1. Went through the Greenwood Burn area on the way. First time I've been through the post-fire area. Now all the way through past McDougal Lake in that area. That was interesting to see that. And uh, now we're up the Echo Trail. It's we got some blue sky. A few, a few clouds hanging around, but it's dry on the Echo Trail. Leaves dancing on the road. Beautiful. We are headed to a completely new destination. No canoe on top of the car today. Not today. It is a foot travel only excursion on the Angleworm Trail. Uh, 
this is Joe's little baby. I'm tagging along with him. Uh, now, well, fully invested in the fact that it is October, fall. It's been a foggy, eerie stretch of weather. And we're sort of hunting for some eeriness. Right. Uh, we're headed up the, the Angleworm Trail, as you said, Matthew, and largely for a separate project uh, that I'm working on about people who have had hard ships in the boundary waters uh, from death to serious injury so some pretty heavy stuff certainly and uh, one of these stories that I'm researching is a gentleman named Lloyd Skelton who went missing in 2005 on the Angleworm Trail at this uh, very location where we're headed and they have never uh, found his body he's presumed dead and we're headed in there to retrace his steps. Not certainly in any type of a plan to try to look for you know, remains or anything. We're just going to view this area and see what it's like. There's so many ways to get into the wilderness. This is just another way to get in. This is another reason. There's so many reasons. This is the reason that brought us here. But as always... We're completely open to whatever this trip has to offer us in the form of weather, terrain, and a very special guest who you will meet very soon. But for now, we're going to keep going, and we'll see you on the trail. Looks like we've got beautiful conditions for a late autumn, or depending on how you look at it, but an autumn hike through the wilderness, mid-October, couldn't be more excited to be out here today. Here we are on the Angleworm Trail. Uh, taking a brief break on a very clear rock surface jutting out from the boreal forest surrounded by spruce and pine. And this little narrow ledge that runs between two very swampy, boggy, beautiful bodies of water. We're continuing in on our way to our campsite, and we have joined forces with a very new and very beloved already trail partner. Hey everybody, my name's Shook. <laughs> I don't really like speaking into cell phones or <laughs> doing anything that... Uh, where I may expose myself, but uh, okay, I tried. I can't. <laughs> I can't great. do. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're we're just a short walk into our walk, and it's like I was the whole time I was thinking, okay, I'd never met Joe face to face yet, though mm. we have a relationship. Not met Matthew at all, except by hearing Joe talk about you, and my whole drive up here thinking, I wonder what this walk will be like, or is it just going to be tearing up to whiskey jack are they going to be just out walking me and we all got on this trail and it's been sort of a metaphysical conversation which i figured would happen and hoped would happen and we're just ambling mm -hmm. yeah and that's all i've got to say for, for this moment <laughs> mm -hmm. this is a interesting experience being out here because as we said in the introduction part of the experience is to retrace the steps of a gentleman who has been missing, presumed dead, since 2005. 
and that's weaving in and out of the conversation and i think it's setting the mood for as we get deeper in i I actually at one point had to kind of catch myself i don't know if i was just overcome with uh almost a sense of joy of being out here with you guys uh, the beauty of the forest but also i have a lot of uh, emotion involved with this story already even though i've only been working on this project for about two and a half months i'm here now at this place i've been talking about in very emotional heavy uh conversations with lloyd's family and to be here now it, it almost got up with me where i it had to kind of hold back a little bit from some of that emotion overcoming me. So as we get in here a little bit further, it's it's just a lot happening. And this has just been, on top of it, it's just beautiful out here. And this is, it's, it's a very real experience, I think, is what I'm feeling. Just a very, in the moment here. It's, it's a great, great experience so far. Yes, I think we all have sort of our own unique and interwoven agendas to being out here. I came in to this thinking about it being October and about sort of spooky ghost story tales of my own that I reflect on, especially at this time of year. And I wouldn't say I'm disappointed that it's a beautiful day and that my thoughts are really quite light and joyful. Uh, and uh, we'll just, I, I guess I'm more open to whatever this trip has to offer us. So... We'll see at the campsite. And, and these oh. are the, well. I was going to say, walking with you guys, and you know, Joe is kind of like the uh, the math teacher that keeps getting us back on point. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Shug, I need to get you. Need to just get back here on the equations. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm considering myself a tag along mm-hmm. on this trip to see uh, the process that you guys do and see. I know Joe's been thinking about this, and we're all stepping in. But I I got to say, after just hearing Joe talk there, you know, if you listeners were here. These are very cheerful woods today, mm-hmm. you know, and October is probably the finest month to hike because the colors are changing. It's a change of seasons. It's the woods, you know, it's beautiful early in the year when everything is is, is budding and blooming, but leaves are starting to fall. The colors are out. That's so bright. Like you said, use those uh, big words like boreal. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sitting in this very boreal spot with all these shades of green, but um, it, it is a very cheerful day in the woods uh, and also for me who hikes alone a lot just to be with some kindred spirits so it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out and uh, what you gather from it Joe and what, what you feel and uh, yeah it's, it's really interesting it's a different trip for me We're out here at Whiskey Jack Lake. We've made it. Matthew's getting ready to start up a fire. Beautiful, beautiful October evening. We've already been swimming, Matthew and I. Matthew, what's your take on the scene here? It's absolutely perfect. Whiskey Jack Lake is a small lake where you can see the whole of its entirety from camp. Glass calm. As Shug said a moment ago, not a ripple, perfect mirror, campsite is dry, hammocks are hung. Sort of on mine. Yeah, we'll get to that. That sounds like a larger conversation for later, (laughs) but it's perfect. It is perfect. Can I get you uh, lighting that fire up? Yes. I'd like to be a part of this. Yes, let's see, how shall we 
I think we're gonna, we've got it all built. The fire is constructed in the, in the fire grate, but of course we're lighting the birch bark. Nature's fire starter. Mm-hmm. Nice. So nice. I found a dead rotted out piece. This is our first fire since June in the Boundary Waters. It is an Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. I Makes mean you appreciate them all the more, doesn't it? It does. When you, when you can't have them. Your first fire in the boundary waters. Pretty much all year, isn't it? It is. Get this down in here. Yeah, that's nice. We're starting the fire a little early tonight. Well, it gets dark early in October. And, and because we wanted to have it. We wanted to have this fire because of the absence, the appreciation, some great wood around. This campsite is just unbelievable. It's a backpacker only site which is unique and new for us, but it looks, it feels the same. It's just, just great. The Angleworm Trail, we'll probably talk more about this, is a stunning experience. It is. Rolling terrain, follow that beautiful lake, different types of forest, great forest colors today. Suge, want to check in with you, man. Uh, yeah, it's really fun to camp? have your, your own lake. This is my third time camping on this lake. And the first time I was here with my buddy Wandering Fool, and we came up, and it was I was taking him on one of his first backpacking trips, and we got here after camping at one of the lower sites. We took three days to go around this. He's he's blind in one eye and hikes real slow, and I just said, we can just take our time. There's no rush. And we got to this one, and we that night was a beautiful uh, sunset, and right on cue, the loon started looning the hoot owl started hooting the fish jumped the bird flew by it was just like quietly intense you know and just amazing and then i was here with uh, alex one time my buddy alex and i told you earlier he just we got out here and he was just standing right down there on those rocks going dude this is a destination site because there's no portage here and now that you see it, it you know there's so many lakes here and you guys have seen a lot of lakes but this is a this is a beautiful evening and today we were just stunned by how pretty the trail was and I think it was a lot to do with this kind of an overcast day but a, a, a light was coming in and maybe because it's October and the color of the leaves and the moss was just like glowing green it was and we were all taking the time to stop and take it in and enjoy it which was your mushroom friends and all the mushrooms we're, we're seeing the uh, uh, I always want to call them the amaretum but what's the um, uh... <laughs> uh, a, the Asmeraldas. Amanita muscaria. Yeah, the Amanita muscaria. And they're just a beautiful, beautiful piece of art in the yeah. woods. And it's like just to stop and take in their glory for a minute. There's nothing like it. That was just our day getting out here. It was, uh, I'm hiking with the boys from Grand Marais, and we've never hiked together. And it was like, it feels very familiar. Right. This is a, a great experience for us all. Uh, Matthew's got the fire going. Shug, if you'd uh, oblige me, step over here to my uh, hammock setup. I'd like to. Well, I uh, think we could do a, a hammock tour. Oh, please, that's that's uh, that's well, embark. You got, you got the fire going. It looks like that it should be fine. I here. feel like we should end with the best. 
We'll come back to Shug's. Oh, I was talking about yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, in that case, yeah, cool. Let's start, let's start here with Shug's because this is an interesting setup. Uh, Matthew, what's your take on um, what's going on with Shug's? So it's a, it is a hanging system such as a traditional hammock or as Shug has told me is called a what? It's a haven tent. Uh, what do we call the? He, he doesn't, the, the designer, Derek, he, you know, though you can hang it up between trees like a hammock, he didn't want to call it a hammock because, I mean, you're, it's hard to describe. It's, it's sort of like a hanging bed, and it's dependent on a camping pad rather than under quilts and all that. And I notice you guys use pads in your hammocks, and it's like it's pads or under quilts because you got to be insulated. But the, I think the strength of this is it, if you have to go to ground, it will set up on the ground like a little tent easily. That's its strength, but I'm, I'm really kind of smitten by this thing. I had the smaller version, and I liked it. It was just a little narrow, but now he has the XL, he calls it. And as a experienced hammocker, I mean, I love my gathered end, but this is sort of like taking just something different out. It's a little heavier, and I thought maybe I'd have to go to ground if you, know, you guys were hanging and we might run into other people here on the weekend or something. Mm-hmm. So I brought it for that reason and also just to give it a test ride, but it's really different. Uh I would describe it as like a hanging, a bit of a hanging box because you have this little, a little bit of a frame inside. And so it's hanging, which is nice. You get that gentle sway. It's uh, boxy, so you have a lot of room inside. Yeah, the small spreader bars keep it spread open. Exactly. And, and, uh, and because of those things, it is like sleeping on a hanging bed. And you can lay there with your feet flopped out like a bridge hammock. It's Your feet aren't compressed to one side of the hammock like a gathered end, which is like an Eno or what you guys are where you sort of lay on an angle. So your feet end up kind of next to each other. And you lay really flat. So it's really going to appeal to some people. But as I was telling these guys earlier, I've tried to be open-minded in trying new things. And I, like I said, I'm a bit smitten by this one. It's got a place. It's, it's mighty comfortable. Let's go over to Camp B, uh, your setup over sure. here, Matthew. So our camp spread out pretty well here. This is a, just a beautiful campsite. We cannot emphasize that enough. We got, white, white pine. we got pines and just the, the lakes right here. It's a Front access only. I will say, as far as latrine placement goes, it may be the worst latrine placement <laughs> I have ever seen. Why is that, Joe? Uh, do not expect privacy... It is right there next to the trail for some reason, I, which I don't understand. I know. Ironically, we were discussing uh, latrines, and uh, all of a sudden, look over, and there <laughs> is the latrine from the trail. Right. Uh, well, you know, the, the Thunderbox, I love the Canadians call it a Thunderbox. I was just thinking, that's kind of what happens there. <laughs> um, and you know the moment you sit on the Thunderbox in the morning for the morning constitutional. That will be when the two trail runners or two hikers will come by. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's inevitable. Yeah. I, I'm kind of looking forward to it myself. <laughs> well, you know, be a morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Which, that means that between the three of us, there will be at least three parties that come by, or the same party three times. Yeah, we're going to have to discuss our schedules here yes. in a little bit. We will. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, so, Sugar, I'd want to... Get your take on Matthew's setup. You've, you've had a few observations yep. about it. Now, coming up here and just meeting Matthew today, he's got a nice big Eno uh, fly, his, his tarp, and it's really roomy and big, and it's like, it, it's a nice tarp. It, you've got some room under there. And he's what I would call a high hanger. His hammock is, 
It's, he likes it hung out tight. You know, the general rule in the hammock world is a 30-degree angle with your suspension because of the uh, the engineers go, you know, there's less force on the material and stuff. But I know a lot of guys that like to hang their hammocks high and tight. And you're way up in the air. Like, you're kind of yeah, jumping sort of I up into it. hop up into it. Yeah. And I, that's a, a kind of a popular hanging style, you know, with um, not in the hammock community. <laughs> But in the outside, and you know, in hammocks go a long way. There's the mockers. Have you heard of the mockers? It's like my nephew Oliver. These are the kids. Like you go to college, you have an Eno hammock, and you're not sleeping in it for the night. You're taking it out to the quad. You're going to do some study, and your friends are going to come, maybe join you. Just sort of sitting sideways in it and relaxing in your hammock. But then they're going to take it down and go back to their dorm. Well, we're actually out here sleeping in it for the night. So you guys have pads in yours to insulate yourself. But he's hanging high. Um, cocooned in. Is this an Eno hammock? It is. Yeah, a, you, a double nest. You got a double, which means it's got this extra material, so you can actually kind of close yourself up in it. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be cozy in there. That's a nice looking setup, Matthew. Looking good. And all, I love looking at secure. everybody's hammocks. You know, it's, right? It's, now, it? if we can stroll over to the uh, what I call honeymoon suite, but well, uh, I'll tell you, king, I, master suite, uh, palace, whatever you want. This is to where you come walking up going. This is some guy living in the woods <laughs> who forgot his tarp. <laughs> right. And you're improvising a shelter. The, the most notable feature of this setup when you walk up to it is a uh, construction-grade garbage bag. Yeah, the contractor, contractor bag. Uh, Split co- down the middle so it's spread out, bottom the, cut off. So really, if you didn't know what you were walking up to, you would just think there's a giant garbage bag hanging from a tree. <laughs> Drying out their their ground cloth from under their tent. Exactly. But then these jackets. Make off note the of the jackets there. Yeah. Well, that's what where the closer look comes in. And that's there. when you start going. Interesting. Poking out of each end of this contractor bag are some rain jackets. Yeah. And then and then you start to notice the straps that are keeping it all together. You're mm. gonna want to get this rain jacket a little bit over your suspension there so you don't have the rain coming in. Right. Oh, there's some pro we're tips. A, we're apt to get some rain. Uh-huh. It's just a matter of, it'll be right when you're in your deepest sleep, three to five in the morning, when you least want to get up and deal with it, you'll go, mm-hmm. I'll just get wet a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So what it, after really taking a look, you'll notice that under all of this, uh, garbage bag and rain jackets there is a hammock and and you if you inquire you will find out that this setup is a consequence of a forgotten rain fly by yours truly uh just i know exactly what happened the last time matthew and i were out up at the uh, snake infested strange campsite which we fled I didn't take the time to stuff it into the bag because it's a bit of a process mm. and so it's up in a little cubby at the entryway at the house i know exactly where it is and i know exactly why i forgot it and that's the situation so we improvised uh i it's just going to be what it is you know it's one night it's only supposed to be 50 degrees and i can either kick and stomp and be grouchy about it or i can just accept what i've got and that's where i'm at i think improvising and handling the problem when you get home is is going to be the highlight of your trip because it's like, you know, it's the old thing. Someone breaks a tent pole. Well, we're going to have to make a little splint for it or something. You know, we, there's, it might not be perfect. Who's got some duct tape? Who's got some shoelaces? We'll go cut some sticks to, 
And, you know, before you know it, an hour later, you're, you're pretty much fixed up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always, even though we're out here on a backpacking trip, and I always tell people, I'm not out here to be a survivalist. I have everything I need and want in my pack. You know, I'm just going out to hike and sleep in the woods. So it's not a trial, but things happen. You forget something, something breaks, uh, the weather comes in different. So I think that the, to be able to improvise and, and, and come up with a little solution, that is the beauty. That's like, this is your finest moment. Well, I don't know if this tops the peanut butter patch of the canoe. It's right in there. You know. <laughs> We're going to see. We'll Not see. as palatable, but uh, we'll you, can't, you can't scoop this out of the corner of your mouth and excavate it there from your cheek and your teeth, you know. But, uh, but it's all right. I'm, I'm feeling okay about it. It is what it is. Indeed. Right. We're going to we're going to get a little busy on some of this stuff. We got to get to the fire, but uh, we're all set up. We're ready for the night. Walking around camp here this morning after some fairly heavy rain last night at certain points on and off again, but it certainly came down quite well, probably around 5 in the morning and my makeshift tarp set up on the hammock held strong and true bone dry over in Joe's camp roll over and check in on Shug yeah, man. how's the camp over here well I hadn't even had a cup of coffee yet or a sip or anything so <laughs> my voice is down here a little bit low Joe still, no, still kicking in the <laughs> no, gears everything's good right here man I'm looking at my breakfast of a, a steak omelet Ooh. which is some backpacking meal I've never tried and uh, just listening to the water to start to talk to me when it comes starts to come to that boil and go, that's the moment. And just looking out on Whiskey Jack, enjoying it. Right. You gonna make some coffee over here this morning? Thank tootin', man. You shared with me one of your magic espresso. Uh, Medaglia d'oro, instant espresso. <laughs> and uh, I must say, it's everything I hoped it would be. So thank you for that, Shook. You look alive and awake. Yeah, things are, in. things are good over here at camp. Uh, calm waters once again. We had a nice fire last night. As we said, just our first fire in so long. It made for great conversation. And going to hang out at camp here for a while and probably get on the trail before too long so just enjoying a beautiful morning out here in the boundary waters october hard to believe it's still october if i had one issue last night sleeping it was that i was too warm uh and which is surprising (laughs) given the circumstances and time of year so all things going well here gonna go back and have some more of this instant espresso We're in here now, bushwhacking a bit near Whiskey Jack Lake and off the Angleworm Trail. As we said, uh, working on a project about people who have faced hardships in the Boundary Waters and even have died in the Boundary Waters. And uh, this particular story that I've been researching involves this gentleman, Lloyd Skelton, who went missing on the Angleworm Trail in 2005, is presumed dead, and they found some of his close near the trail just spurred just down to the campsite and there were some probability zones established by the St. Louis County Search and Rescue Squad 
about where it's potentially his remains would be and we're now in one of those higher percentiles not looking by any means uh, really want to be respectful of Lloyd's family through this process so I just wanted to come and feel this place here off of the main trail and some of these areas where his body potentially remains here in, in the woods and Matthew as you can tell this is a dense forest uh, just a very thick terrain almost impenetrable you know we're really going slow bushwhacking through here yeah it's thick uh, full of the typical uh, balsam firs that just kind of choke up the forest from from the bottom up and you know I'm standing right next to some young white pine and we have some old growth white pine but this is a very classic dense boundary waters forest and the idea that Lloyd could be in here I mean just us being probably 100 yards off the trail I mean there's a sense of alarm that starts to sound of uh, like whoa with like I can't tell which what direction is which anymore and mm-hmm. it's an interesting feeling and trying to think about how that could happen unintentionally or in some fashion yeah and the reason that this area is a higher probability zone they broke it into quadrants around whiskey jack lake and even back to angleworm is that uh one of the cadaver dogs that had come with those initial search and rescue teams in june 2005 gave some kind of an indication or a had a a reaction when it was in this area and based on some of these mathematical equations that they used to formulate these probability zones this is a very high percentage based on that algorithm and so we just wanted to come in here and see this place and feel it feel it yeah well there is a feeling to being out here the day is foggy or cloudy Mm -hmm. very moist after the rain last night it's quiet so very quiet yeah it is no birds no wildlife really I wouldn't say necessarily I have a that it's spooky or that I feel frightened being in here, but I've been thinking a lot about Lloyd on this trip, the whole trip, from the drive up to the planning and now being in here in this area is a very real and quite powerful experience. Just reflecting on his time here, knowing that this is where he was and potentially still is. Um, So that's where where we're at today. It's, it's, uh, It's been an interesting experience. Continue our bushwhack quietly meandering through the woods and I hear Joe say Blue Jay no Whiskey Jack 
as we explore the shores of Whiskey Jack Lake, the bird itself turns towards the lake and flies away. Not sure what it means. Commonly known as the Gray Jay or Whiskey Jack. That's exactly what it was and looked up in this giant pine. And as you said, Matthew, it seemed to almost say this way. camp has been torn down on Whiskey Jack Lake. There's a little bit of sunlight trickling through the clouds and we are preparing to trek out from this very refreshing and at times somber trip into the wilderness. I enjoyed coming back from walking in the woods and doing some bushwhacking and where we saw the Whiskey Jack. Coming back and Shug had some fans here in camp. It was pretty cool experience people that had their sticker a Shug sticker on their vehicle when we pulled in the parking lot at the Angleworm Trailhead and then they had done the whole loop of father and son young son probably I think he was 10 he said uh, 10 from, years old yeah from Fargo and they knew Shug and were, had bought some of his artwork watched every one of his videos they said and got to meet Shug that was just a really cool scenario to walk back into well, you know, it's, I mean, now look, the sun, like you just said, is peeking through the clouds a little bit, and the, my spirit animal, the red squirrel's running around right over there checking us out, and, you know, I was saying last night before we went to sleep, I was a little bit jacked up because it was, it's how interesting it is to be out in the woods with some new fellas you just met. There's just a new energy, a new dynamic. You guys have different points of view, and different ways of looking at the woods than some other people I have camped with. I think our conversations went in some really cool directions. Deep. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys Very are kind of deep so. wells, and you're sort of out here for a particular reason, and that was just really fun for me. And then I, I will say you guys just said we met some people that know me, and it is a blessing and a curse of having, like, a YouTube channel. But you see the best of people in the woods because – People that love the woods come out here and they're just naturally happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Maybe happier than they are in the real world. And, you know, the bottom line is for me, hey, Rich. Check us up, man's mouth. I, I speak the language. Yeah. and um, You must have said something pretty mean because it took off. <laughs> well, I mean, if you come out here with the right spirit, you know, animals will show themselves to you. Things will show themselves to you, I think. And. Mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoyed the trip. I always enjoy a trip in the woods, but I think I go solo too much. So coming with you guys and has has been really great. And I think we've we've bonded in a different way than humans normally do when you come out and just spend some time in the in the wilderness. Right. Yeah. I, I agree, Sugar. Hopefully, we can uh, connect and do some winter travel at some point, just over the years or whenever it works for our schedules. Because just a very relaxed atmosphere the whole time very natural feeling for for me i I agree in this sort of element of sharing not just so there's a couple layers to it the sharing of the the woods and the uh you know knowledge hammocks and camaraderie of connecting over the things that we all love but then the sharing of life experiences outside of this place that you we were talking earlier you only get time for that when you're on trail and in camp where you get that 
backstory and depth and you really start to know somebody for the fullness of who they are and what they bring into this immediate situation that we wouldn't get over dinner and grammar and what an what a great part of a trip yeah and it brings out a different conversation in people you have or or not maybe you just come out and you're quiet but uh you know, I did not even film a lot on this trip because I, some of it was just stuff I didn't want to share. I just wanted to experience without getting a camera out. Mm. And, you know, and thanks for that. That's just been really fun and to be part of your podcast and just be out here with you. It's been a, it's been a great trip and it ain't over yet. We still get the nice walk out. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for being here, Shug. Really, really enjoyed being out in the woods and throwing a hammock and you bailed me out with your emergency uh contractor bag tarps rigs <laughs> oh, and you... i never carry a contractor bag that was so yeah. weird i never have one i we do need to have a brief report i dry as a bone i shared an update this morning okay. and, and uh couldn't have worked out better it's great <laughs> i think the trip isn't over but thank you yeah, yeah thanks Shug. Woo, buddy. <laughs> i just sing when i paddle feeling not thinking if the strokes are true out in the night the waves beat the shore you can hear them pounding you can hear them roar rule me rock me in my dreams you can roll me rock me in my dreams so i like to sing i love to dance i play the fool if i've got the chance all around Campfire light all around the campfire light all around all around all around the campfire light.